Awesome. So now we've, you know, I love the worship music here because it brings in the spirit of why we're here, especially that song, Tyler plays that before I preach or teach um, to kind of get everybody's mind towards this, and also it helps to get my mind towards this. Um, Also, I like the community. You know, the church is not this building and all this. It's our ministry or our mission field is not Honduras. It also is within this building. So some of the things we're going to talk about are kind of difficult things to talk about, and it's, it's really kind of a big, big subject. But the title of this sermon is My Last Sermon. And so what we talked about last time I, I talked is like, okay, so I gave a sermon, this is my last sermon. So if it was <laughs> like, here I am, if I wanted to say something to you all, this would be, and it was my final opportunity, this is what I'd say. Well, then there's two more down the road for me. <laughs> And then Chris, the same thing. And so during this series, we're trying to do, for me at least, is big picture things. So for me, it was forgiveness, for Chris, faith. And so um, there there are certain times in my life, and probably how I I ended up being up, up here in the first place, is there are experiences that all of us have. If we have not had them, we, we will have. And they're, they're basically, what a, with a big category, what I call evil, okay? And so we're going to talk about things that are oftentimes not talked about in church. We're going to talk about evil, how, is, how it affects us, and how we protect, protect ourselves from evil. So it kind of, during one of Chris's talks, it came to me, like, he gave some really good talks about faith and how stepping out of the boat to, to go to Jesus and how you, you sink when you step out and unless you trust Jesus, you have a hard time lifting yourself up out in the water. But also, another part of that passage, which I think is important, and I'll try to say it the way that Chris says it, which is, Jesus is asleep on the boat. Everybody's beginning, the storm is coming there in Matthew. Everybody's beginning to panic. And what is Jesus doing? He's asleep. He's at rest. He's at peace. And Chris would say, dude, bro, you got to get up. You got to help us. So looking back at that passage that he talked about, how do you get that peace in the face of evil. Now, from some of us that are older, we didn't have cell phones, and to be honest with you, no internet, no computer. The first time I ever saw computers when I went to college, and that, it was just a thing. You just click on one, bu- uh, one thing at a time as you're going through. You weren't really using the computer. This presentation, my slides, I would photograph a piece of paper, I'd put it in, and we'd put in this roller thing where they would drop down, and then you'd go to the next one, they would pull that one up and put the next one down. <laughs> so now the kids are in, have PowerPoint, they have social media. You know, if I want to send my wife a message, if my fel- while, I'm, while I'm talking, or she wanted to send me one saying, what are you saying or what are you doing? She could just take her cell phone and text it to me right here, right? 
One of the things we see is this constant exposure to evil in the world, okay? Whether it be uh, a police officer getting shot in New York, we find out it comes across a red banner on my thing right then that says, officer shot in New York City. Boom. Or somebody walked into school and shot X number of people. Like right there it comes on that little red banner. Um, We have emails We have prayer requests, and I hope everybody gets those from us, but it doesn't take very long for us to find out what kind of evil is going on in the world. But are we also finding out rapidly what's going on with good? Okay, So we're very attuned now to evil. And so is it because evil is increasing In our world around us? Or is it because evil is, we find out about it more uh, because of social media and those kind of things? I I would advocate it is both. Okay? I I think it's both. And it's clearly in the word of scripture that that's the way our society will go until we all sitting in this room that believe in Jesus Christ will move forward with the rest of our lives. I think it's just... Continuing, continuing, continuing. And, and that's, that's scriptural, I think, if you, if you read it close. So we certainly see evil in this church community in all shapes or forms or fashions, okay? And we'll, we'll kind of step why that is and kind of where it's going. But, I mean, for me personally, death of a son, death of a parent, divorce, all those things. Marty, death of a spouse, cancer. I mean, we see it all, okay? And so we want to see what Jesus has to say about it, and then we want to say what we can do about it individually, okay? There are certain times in your life, at least for me, when evil wants to come and I would say chop my head off, okay? So at a time where I was very involved in church, beginning to do the things I thought to be a leader in my household. I was beginning to do all the things. And then my spouse walked up to me and said, you're not righteous enough to be my husband. You're out of here. If you never heard those words before, you begin to wonder, what what does that mean? Okay. I went to a little small church. I walked in the door sat down with some groups, and they said, we want to pray for you. And we, it looks like we, we meet up here before the service, and we pray for everybody, their individual needs. Chris and I right now are meeting while John Hughes out preaching or praying on everybody's individual needs and for the congregation of a whole. And they said, how can we pray for you? And man, with tears just suddenly come down my eyes, this is what's happening in my life. And I think that's important to be able to, to do that to fight evil through the church community and through scripture, okay? There are other times where you get God smacked, okay? You see evil, you don't know what you're going to do. Like one time I was going on a mission trip to Africa, and it was time to pay the money. I didn't know if I could get somebody to cover my practice while I was gone. I'd asked several people, oh, I don't know if I could do that, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know. Well, it came to pay the money. So I wrote that huge check 
for me and for a couple other people to go on this mission trip to Africa, and I gave the money. That's a step of faith. Within 30 minutes of writing that check, and that's money you can't get back after you've paid for that plane ticket, a guy called me, another Christian guy, called me and said, I've been praying about this. I've been thinking about it. I'm going to cover you while you go on your mission trip for the two weeks you're out of town. I mean, that's, that's what I call God smack, okay? So we want to see how we can put ourselves into that position as we go along with our lives, especially in the face of evil, okay? Um, who, does anybody in here think that, 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 that we should fear evil? What does the Bible say about that? It says we should not fear evil. Because why? Because God will fight evil for us. And we'll go along and look at that in a minute. Okay? So can I see Luke 22, 31 through 34, please? Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he may sift you like wheat. Okay, so this is Jesus talking to Peter. He says, Satan has demanded to have you. Okay? So what does that tell us? tells us two things, that Jesus, you know, whether, you know, a lot of religions think Jesus was a good man and not divine, we think the opposite, okay? Satan demanded to have you. So what does that tell us about the relationship between Satan and Jesus? One is that Satan, that Jesus believes in Satan, and two is that he has communication with him, because he demanded of Jesus to have you. And that you word in there is a Greek word that doesn't mean just Simon himself. It means, in, in Mississippi dialect, y'all, okay? So that means all of y'all, okay? It says they might sift you like wheat, which means he's basically was sifting you. We were at the diamond crater in Arkansas yesterday with gray and we were putting muddy sand in there trying to sift that out and you can get diamonds out of that that suddenly appear out of nowhere except for not to anybody that was there or us but (laughs) anyway you're sifting that thing you're looking for the the diamonds to come out in that sifter for us sifting means basically Christians getting hung up and non-Christians are unbelievers getting falling through to where Satan can have them, okay? But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. So what does that tell us? It tells us that Jesus is personally praying for us, which to me is a really very fascinating sort of thing that Jesus will pray for us. And as we go along, we'll see what it's saying. And this is one of those scriptures that when you're reading through your Bible, you don't always see like the fine details, what Chris was talking about before. There are things that every once in a while just pop out to you. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. So he knew, he'd already told Peter that he was going to say, I don't know Jesus. He's going to deny him three times, okay? Jesus knew he was going to fail, just like he knows that all of us are going to fail. But that at some point, if we turn back to him, 
Then he has a promise for for us, which he will strengthen us so that we can strengthen our brothers, okay? So even though, Lord help me, I should fail, it's a real problem for elders and pastors. If we fail, we, we are held to a higher standard, which is to me a little bit scary. But if one of y'all fails, that there are people here in this congregation that can strengthen you, okay? And so that's part of why we're all here as a community, okay? So Peter, Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny him, but still he gave him that promise that he would strengthen him, okay? So a little bit about Satan. I'm not going to spend too much time at this, but the, the clear thing I'm like is some people don't really think they're Satan or it doesn't affect them or there's not evil around them. Um, so they get in this little shell of, you know, evil, uh, I believe that evil exists, but it's not really in my world or whatever. And then there are people who think that evil is such a strong force in their life that it kind of overwhelms them at times. So I'll give you an example, and hopefully my wife won't mind, but Cassie's been doing this really strong Bible study in the mornings. And one of the things we want to do is pray for our children. So the thing I said first is if we, if there's evil around, we stick our head up for Christ or the glory of God, what is evil going to do? Satan's going to send his minions to start getting involved in your life. So one of her fears is that the more she prays for me and the children, the more attention she's going to get from evil, okay? So there's these two boxes. One is evil really doesn't affect me. My life is perfect. And if we start getting closer to God, then evil may be, we may draw attention of Satan and his his minions. And so I think you really have to take sort of a middle ground, which is faith in God and Christ, to take care of you during those time periods, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to direct towards that inner peace of Jesus where he's sleeping in the boat, okay? Um, Evil is a supernatural thing, okay? And we're going to talk about Ephesians here in just a minute about what happens, how we fight evil and how we move along with our lives. But we know that we can't fight evil on our own, okay? So um, one thing that we know from the Bible is that God will not let any more evil come upon us than what we can bear. Um, Why do we have evil in the world? You know, one of, Tim Keller has a book that people walk into his church and said, I can't believe in God because if there is a God, how can he allow, uh, allow evil in the world? So what we know is that as we're going through our lives, what's happening to us? If you live a perfect life from the time you, you start to the time you end, how, how do you get refined as far as like, how can I personally know if something happens to Hunter, how can I relate to him? How can I help him move forward as a Christian in this community if I have no experience? Okay? So what we have to look, do in my own life is look for that personal glory. And as I talked about the last time I came up to you, like every once in a while, like 
the opportunity to show what God means in your life is one of those opportunities and how you get there at that time, okay? Um, another thing is, um, can you put uh, Romans eight thirty one up there, please? It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So now we're starting to make the transition to, you know, a lot of people think Satan is real powerful. There was several years ago, Satan worshipers down in Mexico herded all these people in, murdered them all, chopped them up, put them in these vats. And so you walked in there, you see this big bullying thing with people's body parts. Even though that seems awful and powerful, how can that be more powerful than God? So that's what we're going to be moving to. Okay. Um, Romans eight seventeen, And if children, they're heirs, heirs of God's, heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Okay? So what we want to do is move to that protective nature. Okay? Um, for anybody that... Put up First Peter up there. Be, so this is where we want to get to. Okay, so we go through here to this level, and then we can move on to that piece. It says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So he's not only sifting you, he's actually actively looking for you. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So that's how we relate to one another, okay? So, next one. 2 Corinthians. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon you. So, what we're looking for is how you get... So now, you're living the high life, something evil happens, you dip down to this very weak point in your life, and how do you recover from that, okay? Okay? Uh, next, for the sake, go go back one. Sorry, that's all right. We're good. So, for the sake of Christ, then I am con- con- content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Okay. So next. So now, here's another one of those verses where you read it, and it sounds kind of straightforward, but you go, what does that mean exactly? Okay, so this is the meat of how we go along with our lives in relating to one another and how we go along as, a, as people relating to other people and how we defend ourselves, okay? So we'll go, first of all, to move into that. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so the fathers, the prophets. Okay, so we want to, no matter what happens in our lives, we want to know that at some point joy is going to come to us. Okay? Next. God's promises to us. No weapon that is fashioned against you 
shall succeed and you will refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and vindication from me. So one of the things that we know is that if Hunter sees somebody doing something, say, over at McDay's to somebody, and they're pushing somebody, beating them up, they don't get arrested, or you do something financially to some, somebody, and you just try to destroy that person, or you're talking bad about them, and nothing happens to them. What's everybody's thought in here? You know, hey, I should do something to that person, or the law should do something to that person. Whose job is it in the end to do something to that person? It's God's job, okay? It's not our job. We have to believe in authority, which God has put authority on earth to protect us. But in the end, it's going to be God's judgment. So you can be a criminal all your life and be hung on a cross next to Jesus. And when you're in that position, you can be the worst person on the face of the earth. What, what do you have to do to gain the kingdom of heaven? There's only one unforgivable sin, right? At any point, you can ask for forgiveness of your sins. What is the only unforgivable sin that we have? It's failure and belief in Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus Christ. Only unforgivable sin. Because then you become a non-believer. I personally have spent my whole life reading textbooks on science, anatomy, physiology. I know how the human body works. I know how medications work. I can take somebody's, cut them right down the middle, take all their guts out, do whatever to it, put it all back in. (laughs) And even though those things I've been learning my whole life, I still believe in God and Jesus Christ because I know two things. One is this just did not come together out of some amoeba out of the ground. The other thing is I know there's more to life than just you're born, life is hard, and then you die. There's got to be something more for us. This is too... What we see, like driving through Arkansas yesterday, seeing all the beauty of there, the lakes, the streams, all that kind of stuff, to being able to operate on somebody and have them get well, which is, you know, I, I, one of my spiritual gifts is healing. I can operate on somebody, but I don't make them well, okay? And oftentimes if there's trouble with that thing, and I'm worried, and I lay down at night trying to figure out, you know, I don't know what's wrong with this person. I can't sleep. I'm thinking. I'm wrecking my brain. What do you think I do? I pray. Lord, show me what's wrong. Show me how I can fix this. Show me what I need to do. Show them how, please heal this person. The next morning, I go right to sleep. The next morning, I wake up. It's clear to me what's wrong with them. That is not because I studied for so many years, okay? Next. So, um, let's, let's move one more. Okay, go back, sorry. <laughs> sorry, these slides were topped after I got here this morning. Um, finally, we don't, we don't 
Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. You may be able to stand against the scheme of of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. Next. There's the slide I was looking for. Good. Thank you. Against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Okay, so this is going into how we do this. Next slide. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. What does that mean? You read that all the time. Everybody in here I know has heard that. What does that mean? What is the belt of truth? So Jill and Dobby and Ted and Cherry, we did a study. This whole thing took like eight weeks to go through this thing. But still, even after eight weeks, you go, what does that mean exactly? What is the belt of truth? Okay. So the truth in this sense is two things. The truth of Scripture, what God has to say in our lives through this book right here, okay? The second is truth in your character, okay? So one of the things that the, that the devil...
They make fun of you, they talk bad about you, they do whatever to you. They may hurt you financially, whatever. They come from within, in here. I don't really like that sermon. It really wasn't that good. I didn't get entertained. I didn't get fed. Those kind of things, okay? So they come from within. And then they come from inside you. I'm not good enough. I think too much of myself. I'm too good for those people or whatever. You know, pride, vanity. But mostly for me, like this morning, I got up at 5 o'clock in the morning because I didn't think I would be able to speak to you all this morning because this trip to Arkansas and all this craziness of going along and substituting for a substitute. I got up at 5 a.m. to be here, and at 9 o'clock I was like, or 8 o'clock, I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? So we pray for about an hour, and then you go, what are you going to do? So self-doubt, okay? That's a big, fiery arrow that came in this morning. So I need to put my shield up to protect myself. And that's faith, okay? And take the helmet of salvation, okay? Salvation is belief in Jesus Christ. This is a helmet that goes on to basically give you confidence. If you take a little kid and you put a, like, eight-year-old kid and you put a helmet on him, Say, go after it. What's he going to do? And he's just going to go, bam, bam, until something happens. Bam, he gets hurt, and then it's over, right? Helmet of salvation is for that, okay? And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Okay, so this is the last item, the sword. It's the only thing that we can use to go offensively on. All these other things are protective. This is to actually go on the offense, okay? So we need the Spirit to help us. The Holy Spirit, we can call on the Holy Spirit. We can use our word given to us through the Holy Spirit, okay? 
to that end, keep alert with, uh, sorry, so praying at, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. So prayer is the final thing. It can be both offensive and defensive. Okay, so we've talked about in here how to pray. You know, you, 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 you ask for forgiveness, thankfulness, all those kind of things. But the other thing is you have to be varied in your prayers, okay? So one week I'm praying for Marty. Today we're praying for the Inmans who have a new baby. We pray for Rivers. Pray for the Sims. And that's going to vary by week, week to week. So we always want to vary. And the other thing is if it's all of us sit to pray, your mind starts wandering, right? So what do you do? To pray, okay? You have to ask the Holy Spirit to come in your, in your soul to help you get both stamina and also um, what to pray for. So um, there, are, there are needs that go along the whole time, like with Megan and Carter. We pray for them every week. But you don't want to ever let your guard down. You don't want to ever vary with some people, but you want to add in people. So you use a baseline and you use an additional varies up and down. And the Holy Spirit protects you and comes in to make you think of those things. Okay? Um, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. So, what we want to do is we want to call on the Lord. In, Jer- I mean, in Isaiah 59, the Lord also puts on this same armor to fight against evil for us. Okay? Of course, he didn't put on the helmet of salvation, because at that point, it wasn't part of the armament, but it is for us. Um, so, as part of the Lord's Prayer... What do they tell us in the Lord's Prayer? But deliver us from evil. Okay? Lead us not in temptation, but more importantly, but deliver us from evil. Okay? So, I don't know if this really helps anybody or not, but one of the things we want to do is start from here. Passages that may not quite come together at some point. We have A in our world going on, and then what do we do about that? We want to start laying a foundation, how we protect ourselves from evil outside, inside, and in our own persons. And so this is how we begin that journey. And so sometimes when you read things in the Bible, it doesn't quite make sense as to why that thing. So for me, a lot of people, I've got a friend that her child died 10 years ago now. And after 10 years, even though she's Christian, she goes to church, she still has not recovered from that. What I'd like to hear from this is there's only one way you can recover from that, and that's to read the Word, use the Word, and believe the Word. Faith, like Chris talked about, is two things. One is believing around, like so the, there's oxygen in this room. We believe there's oxygen in the room so that we can breathe. 
we can maintain life. The second thing is we also have to trust that that's going to remain in here and it's going to be breathable for us so that we can continue to live. So it takes both. Okay. So thank you all for coming and I'm glad to get the opportunity to share with you all. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for being a strong God in our life. And we know that there's evil around us in the world. We see it every day. Um, We just need your protection from that, Lord. We just thank you for showing us um, how we can defend ourselves and how we can look at your word as defense against those evil darts that come to us, whether from in our own hearts or around We just thank you so much for the opportunity to come here in safety. As we know, our brothers around the world don't often have that, Lord. Just uh, thank you so much for the ability to just worship you in peace and just give us that inner peace, Lord, that we need to just sleep when all around us is going just haywire. And that if other people in our congregation see us at peace like that in our world, they can come to us to just get that inner peace, Lord. Just thank you so much for all you do. Thank you for Jesus and all he means to us. In your name we pray, amen.